Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 471 for the 15th of Adar in a regular year. Today is Shushan Purim, so I hope that you guys all had a wonderful Purim and that you are having a nice and happy Shushan Purim as well. So we've been talking a lot about emotions lately in the Tanya, and if you've really been following along, then you might have noticed that the Ultra is sort of taking us a little bit on an emotional roller coaster. Uh, he started off by really breaking us down uh, to the point of really recognizing just how evil, well, the evil that man is capable of, the evil nature of man, which is not some abstract concept, but it's actually something very personal to each and every one of us, how each and every one of us has this animal soul that not only does it uh, reside within us, but it's actually how, for the vast majority of us, how it is that we identify with this animal, which uh, which is only concerned with itself, with its own desires, its own flesh, um, its own pleasure and things like that and how it's actually worse than an animal and all of that. And then after breaking us out down in that way, the ultra then lifted us back up by really t- paying attention to the godly soul and recognizing that we have a godly soul that resides within us and really putting that focus into the godly soul and bringing us to this state of tremendous joy uh, in, uh, in putting our focus into the godly soul and having our entire motivation be in trying to redeem our godly soul out of the clutches of the klipos, out of the clutches of the husks that conceal godliness. So it would only be natural to feel somewhat confused at this point as to who am I? Like, am I my animal soul? Am I my godly soul? Which, what, how do I identify? We talked about self-esteem and how people, you know, get caught up in what they look like, how smart they are, things like that. And, um, and, and how we all have these identifications that we have with ourselves. Like I like yoga. I like ice skating. I like this, you know, but then I also like Tanya. So I do like some holy things also. So which is it? Am I holy? Am I not holy? What, what is going on? And so today's episode is going to be all about this, about how, what, how should we identify? Like what is, you know, nowadays, especially in politics, it's it's all about like, how do you identify? Like what is, what do you consider yourself to be? It's all about our self-identification. So while a lot of this might sound kind of silly, like what, who cares how you identify? There's a real question there. It's sort of like what, like, you know, what, how can I really live with myself knowing that I have this animal nature within myself that I know is never really going to go away because most likely I will never be at Sadiq. Um, and then, but then on the other hand, if I just like ignore it and I just put all my focus into my godly soul, how can I not get caught up in grandiosity and just get into this state of like, oh, wow, you know, I am really just a part of God and that's amazing. And so who cares if I have this animal soul? Uh, that's not the real me. The real me is the godly soul. And uh, and should I, should I live like that? You know, should I live in this more grandiose state? 
which as we'll learn actually is not correct either because um, to live like that is is delusional. You know, a lot of like, that's kind of almost the definition of narcissism. Narcissists walk around really ignoring their flaws, seeing themselves as perfect and nobody's perfect. Everybody has flaws. Uh, but then if you walk around focusing on your flaws all day, then you're going to go down. You're going to really focus on, you're going to develop, God forbid, a very low self-esteem. So which is it? How can we be both at the same time? So that's going to be the focus of today's Tanya. Today's Tanya, we're going to be concluding chapter 34. And this portion today can really be divided into two sections. The first section, which is the larger section of today's Tanya, the Ultra Rebbe, again, is going to focus on the positive. And he's going to talk about this fact that, yes, while it is that we are all human, and while we all know that the epitome of life is serving God after learning the Tanya uh, and really putting our whole focus into God, this isn't necessarily realistic for the vast majority of us. Like, we have lives, we have to work, we have to make a living, um, you know, we have to eat, we have to drink, you know, stuff like that. What the ultra will help us realize is that even if we don't spend our entire lives uh, studying Torah, as long as we set aside specific times to do so, those specific times that we allocate to do that, even if they constitute in like quantity, a minority of our day, they can actually elevate the entire rest of our day. This is similar to how it works in terms of staka, that in terms of giving charity, we know that there's this idea that we're supposed to give a, uh, a tenth of our income or maybe, maybe a fifth of our income if we want to be extra holy to staka. But then what about the other four fifths or the other nine tenths? Do they just like not are they just not holy is that just like a part of ourselves that we have to like acknowledge is not a holy part of ourselves so the altar is going to teach us that no that in fact when we give this one-fifth to tzedakah, that fifth elevates all the other four-fifths of our income so that all the other four-fifths of our income are kind of like being nourished by um, by that one-fifth. So the minority kind of becomes the majority in this case. So that's going to be the first section of the Tanya today. And then at the very end of the Tanya, the ultra is going to kind of once again bring us back down to earth and remind us that as much as we might be feeling really elated by this at this point, then we shouldn't get too high on ourselves because we should still recognize the fact that we still have this animal soul and that we should never come to totally like think that we're over it and that it's not a part of us anymore. But we should always recognize the fact that this animal is still within us and we can still feel this sense of shame over having this animal. This then that's actually a very normal feeling. So we shouldn't feel shamed at feeling shamed. Um even though many modern day thinkers and psychologists kind of make us feel bad, like Brene Brown has a whole thing about shame and, and things like that. And I, I don't want to get too much into that now, but there's, but shame has kind of been given a bad rap in the past little while. And the ultra is go- going to take shame back in the sense of telling us that it's normal to feel shame. It's normal to, um, to really despise parts of yourself because there are parts of yourself that indeed are very despicable. And to feel a sense of shame over these parts of yourselves, over these certain desires you have is actually a very normal and healthy emotion to have. Um, So we don't want to get rid of that entirely. So what so kind of what the conclusion of all this where the ultra relieves us, it might feel kind of unsettling, but it's sort of like this is the reality of the Bainani is that he or she is sort of like a tight walker who's kind of balancing these both realities, these both worlds. We are not holistic beings. We are not, um, you know, just these one unified uh, selves. We have these two parts of ourselves and they're not in harmony and they most likely will never be in harmony. And that such is life. And that that's what life is all about. And so we can actually 
embody these two dichotomous emotions within ourselves and really the way to do so is not to overly identify with either of them that's sort of the idea is like how do I identify stop identifying realize that you have different parts of yourself and um, and there are multiple selves within you some psychologists actually do talk about this about this idea of the the um, the divided self or the the or, or how there are there are multiple selves within us we all have these different um, different identities within ourselves and rather than trying to reconcile these identities sometimes it's enough to just acknowledge that they that they exist and that's that's sort of what uh what the tanya is coming to teach us so let's get into the text and see how the ultra um, breaks all of this down and once again for context we're still in the middle of chapter 34 and we're going to be concluding chapter 34 today so so picking up from last time where we ended off talking about this idea that a person should study torah and specifically jewish law a little bit every day at least once in the morning and at least at night which is kind of like the minimum requirement so then the ultra goes on here and he said that even if a person only has a certain limited amount of time to study torah they should still have an intention that if god were to grant them more time then he would use this extra time to study more torah and to be more specific with the language used here is the ultra actually brings two citations like to explain this in a more poetic kind of way where the first one says which literally means he whose hands are pure will increase his effort this is from eov chapter 17 verse 9 so basically saying that if a person has more time meaning more pure hands basically is the way it's saying it then they should use this. They shouldn't just get lazy or whatever. It's like you should really utilize whatever time and ability that you have to study Torah. And then another citation here from the Gemara in Kedushin, page 40a, it's, which says, So God links a good intention as if it's an actual deed. So meaning to say that even if a person at this very moment doesn't have more time to study Torah and is very limited in their time, they can still resolve in their minds that if they were to have more time, they would use that time to study more Torah. And this is as if they themselves are studying more Torah. And then at that moment, and then the ultra goes on and he says, and so too throughout the rest of the day, while a person is busy with their business and going to work and things like that, they can still be an abode for God in order to have God dwell within him through giving staka, through giving charity, spe specifically through giving money that he that he himself earned. So it's like you go to work, you earn money, and then you give that money that you earned to charity. This is a very strong way to create an abode for God because this trait of giving and being compassionate in this way, which is a trait that comes out through giving, is one of God's attribute just like it says in the Gemara in Masechet Shabbos page 133b just as he's compassionate so must you be compassionate so it's like when we give charity um, through the money that we earned then we are emulating God by practicing and expressing the trait of compassion and then the altar goes on to cite the Tikkunet Zohar where it says that chesed is the right hand of God so again illustrating this idea that God manifests his kindness through this imagery of like giving with his right arm, which is what, what we manifest when we give. And then the ultra goes on and he says that even if a person only just gives a fifth of their income, 
This fifth elevates all the other four parts to God in order to make an abode for God here. As is taught by our sages that the mitzvah of tzedakah is equal in measure to all of the sacrifices. So there's a parallel between the sacrifices and giving and the act of giving charity. And so we see here the ultra teaches us an interesting principle that so something interesting occurred in the giving of sacrifices that through the giving of these sacrifices all of the animal kingdom all living creatures were able to be elevated through the offering of just one animal or all of the plants were offered through just one meal offering so for example like there were different types of sacrifices some of the sacrifices were more vegetative in nature like they came from like a like flour and oil and things like that and some of the sacrifices were more from the animal kingdom and so nevertheless what the ultra rabbi basically is teaching us here is that even though it's like when we would sacrifice when we would offer these different things as sacrifices like we were just giving a limited amount of the animal or the flour or the oil or whatever it is that those sacrifices elevated within them they sort of like took on the energy of the entire animal kingdom or the entire plant life of the world. And then in addition to this, not only is it that through our giving, going back to this thing of giving charity and how when we give just a fifth of our money to charity, this elevates all of our money together with it. The ultra Rebbe says that additionally, when we engage in Torah study and in prayer, then we elevate all of the food and the drink that and all the things that we enjoyed from those four other parts of our money in order to keep our body healthy we elevate those also to god so basically to explain that just a little more simpler is that like okay we go to work we make money we use that money to buy food and nourishment and things like that for ourselves in order to be healthy and strong and so we eat we're strong we're healthy and then with that strength and with that energy that we have, we then go, if we go and use that energy to pray to God and to learn Torah and things like that, we're actually elevating all of our money and all of our nourishment to God. So this is another way by which even though we're only giving a small amount to charity, we're actually able to elevate it all to charity. And now the ultra rabbi goes on to the last portion of this Tanya, which I mentioned in the introduction, where he says that, you know, with all of this in mind, so it's sort of like this, this is sort of a very uplifting note that even though we only give a certain amount of our money to charity, even though we only spend a certain amount of our day learning Torah and so forth, nevertheless, it elevates all of our money. It elevates our entire day. So this joy that will result from this, this, um, and all of these different types of joy that we've been discussing throughout uh, throughout the last few chapters, throughout the last few episodes, uh, does not take away from, like it does not contradict the idea that he should also uh, see himself in a lowly way and with like a broken heart and with a lowly spirit at the same time while he is happy. So it's like, we're, we're, like this is the whole uh, question that we started with in the beginning is, is that yes, it is possible to be both happy and also uh, feel lowly at the same time because these two emotions are coming from do, two different they're directed towards two different parts of who we are so the lowliness of seeing yourself in like a lowly way this is coming from the body the, and uh, and the animal soul and the happiness is coming from the godly soul and the spark of godliness that's vested within it in order to vivify it as was explained in chapter 31 and 
The Altar book concludes by telling us that there's a similar statement in the Zohar, which states that weeping is lodged in one side of my heart and joy is lodged in the other. So that's the end of the section. So in conclusion, uh, yes, it is possible to be both happy and sad at the same time um, because we're complex people. We have different things going on. We have a godly soul. We have an animal soul. We have different impulses. Some are good. Some are bad. And it's important to recognize and be self-aware of where these different parts are coming from. And then we can have the uh, cultivate the, the appropriate emotions to go along with them. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we begin a new chapter, chapter 35. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.